Hey everyone, this is Dr. Sam Byrne, and we've got a great podcast show today. Uh, there's a question about somebody has a strange vision symptom, and what does it mean? Also, can our facial nerves affect our eyes? And somebody is asking about therapeutic prisms. Can they help for double vision? And when is the time to have eye surgery? So stay tuned for our show. Take care. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Sam Byrne, and I'd like to welcome you to another Eye Clarity podcast. Uh, we have a phenomenal show today. I mean, the questions are just fabulous. So I think I'm going to start right in. And this first question is from Marsha, and she's concerned because she woke up and she's starting to see a black arc in her right eye, and it comes and goes. Uh, it's not flashing, but it's instantaneous, and it's not a floater either, either. So she's been checking on my videos, and she'd like to know what my response is. Well, in this particular condition, situation, uh, a lot of times uh, when you get these kinds of symptoms, there's a relationship between the gel-like part of the eye called the vitreous. I've talked a lot about the gel part. And it's in the uh, back two-thirds uh, of the eye. It's called the posterior chamber. And uh, it's made up of mostly collagen and proteinaceous material. Uh, again, it's a jelly-like substance that, that holds the retina in place. So there's, a, there's an interface between the back of the vitreous and the retina. Now, one of the things that happens is that as we age, the vitreous has a tendency to shrink, especially if we're not paying attention to our collagen health. And when it starts to uh, shrink, it begins to pull away from the retina. Now, the retina is made up of photoreceptors, and these photoreceptors are uh, activated by light. And if the vitreous starts to pull away from the retina, these photoreceptors get activated. So it creates things like flashes and arcs and specks and, you know, lots of different uh, phenomenon. And so it's really uh, something that you want to first check out with your eye doctor. If you get these kinds of symptoms, it just makes sense that you go to your eye doctor and you get a full exam. You know, you get a dilated, dilate the eye, look at the retina, especially if you haven't done, had it done. Make sure there's no retinal detachment. Uh, probably what it is in this case is something we call posterior vitreal detachment, PVD. That part of the vitreous is actually pulling away because it's shrinking. The collagen is dried out and... Uh, uh, this is this is what's going on now. A PVD is a benign condition. Um, if you go to an eye doctor, he or she will say, you know, there's really not much you can do about it, and uh, you know, you live with it. We need to monitor you, but uh, right now, there's really not much to do. Well, in my uh, in my practice, what I have found is that in terms of a PVD, there's some things that you can do with the eye itself to reduce both the symptoms and the cause. 
And then there's some uh, systemic and metabolic things that you at least want to check off your list. So let's start with the, uh, the, eye, uh, the eye things that you can do. Now, um, I think it's very important to start using natural eye drops. And uh, one of the new drops that I'm, I've discovered that I think is really dynamite is called uh, Tear Stimulation Forte. And this is an eye drop that's all homeopathic. And for those of you that aren't familiar with homeopathy, what homeopathy is, it's, it's a type of uh, complementary um, medicine that when you either take it orally or in this case use eye drops, it's actually stimulating your own lymph system and immune system in the eye to start working better. Because with many eye problems, there's either chronic inflammation, there's oxidative stress, the lymph system is not working well, this is affecting the immune system in the eye, and uh, this is what causes the tissue to degenerate or deteriorate. So the Tears Forte homeopathic eye drops contain many homeopathic uh, ingredients, one of which is called euphrasia or eyebright, and there was a research study that showed that uh, this was actually a study, I reported it on um, Instagram, but it's a study where researchers uh, took some corneal tissue and they put it in a test tube. And they actually added things like bacterial infections and other toxicities. And then they added a tincture of eyebright. And the results clearly showed that uh, the, uh, the cell structure actually improved. The oxidative stress reduced, the, the, the inflammation reduced. And I've certainly been using eyebright and euphrasia, which is the, the technical term is euphrasia, for many, many years. Uh, euphrasia is, uh, comes from a plant, so it's an herbal formula. And this particular Tears Forte has it, <clears throat> which is great because you're getting it right on the eye. It penetrates the cornea all the way back to the retina. I would do uh, two drops in each eye, maybe four to eight times a day. Uh, my eye massage would be great. There's another technique where you actually do the eye bath with the Tears Forte, so you're running the drops along the eyelashes a few times, creates a puddle in the eye socket, and then you open your eyes. That would be one thing that I would recommend doing. Uh, another thing that I would recommend doing is that on my website, I actually have a protocol for um, improving vitreous health. And these particular exercises that I've developed over many years of clinical practice improve your eye lymph, your eye circulation, they moisturize, they hydrate the eyes, and, you know, part of reversing the deterioration of the vitreous is getting more circulation to the eyes. And so between the eye exercises and the tears forte, uh, that would be a way to do it topically. Now, um, another thing that you can do would be my eyebright compress. This is a great uh, technique where you're... Uh, getting some dry tea, uh, herbal uh, eyebright tea, and you can get this from your local herbalist. That's the best place to get it. Uh, you take a quarter cup, you brew it up, uh, you let it cool, 
uh, and then you can use a compress over your eyes. And so any inflammation, any oxidative stress, keeping that compress on your eyes for five minutes, doing a massage on the eyelids, this is all really great to do. Now, systemically, it's very important that you make sure you're getting the proper nutrients, and I'm going to run down the list of the eye nutrients, vitamin A, uh, taurine, quercetin, bilberry, uh, vitamin C. Your trace minerals are so important for collagen health. Selenium, chromium, magnesium is a big one. Uh, so you want to make sure you're getting all of those uh, nutrients. Uh, I also recommend glutathione. Glutathione is that master antioxidant, uh, and most people are deficient in it. Um, it's needed for, um, you know, detoxing. It's needed for improving cardiovascular health, eye health. It's a master antioxidant that get, gets rid of free radicals. Another thing that I'm uh, recommending, and I've used this in my practice for years, and I'm getting ready to put it up in my web store, is an organic form of oral MSM. Now, those of you that were using my MSM eye drops, we can't get those anymore, but I feel that the oral MSM is going to be a great substitute because, you know, a lot of eye problems, the core, the source of these take place in the... Um, our systemic health, and uh, a lot of chronic inflammation that occurs in the gut uh, is related to our eye deterioration. So the oral MSM would be a great uh, uh, supplement to take. Uh, certainly, you want to eat foods that contain sulfur because MSM is a sulfur-based ingredient. Uh, so your cruciferous vegetables, wild-caught salmon, um, you know, think of the, the rainbow diet, the green leafy vegetables, everything from beets to carrots to red and orange bell peppers, kale, spinach, asparagus, avocados, uh, you know, eating more of a plant-based diet. Perhaps getting some acupuncture, this could be helpful. Craniosacral therapy, you know, I, I advocate these things all the time. I also think it's important for you to look at your dental health. Uh, I've seen correlation between things like root canals, dental amalgams, poor dental care, and how that can uh, influence the uh, vitreous health. So these are all things that I would suggest. Uh, I think you've got a lot uh, here that you can, you know, you can tap into. And uh, I appreciate the question, Marsha, uh, and take care. My next listener has a condition called uh, hemifacial nerve spasm. And uh, the, the listener wants to know uh, what can be done to reduce the uh, symptoms. Well, hemifacial spasm is a nervous system disorder, and it targets the muscles and the nerves on one side of the face. So it creates a muscle twitch, a facial twitch that's involuntary. And this, uh, this spasm is often caused by a blood vessel touching the uh, trigeminal nerve, the fifth cranial nerve, or called the facial nerve. And uh, it may also be, there may be some factors that relate to perhaps some neurological disease, things like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. 
could also be caused by tumors, um, trauma. So my first uh, step in this process is uh, for my listener to go to a neurologist and get you know, checked out if you need to get a CAT scan, an MRI, you know, just get examined by the neurologist to make sure that, um, you know, you're not dealing with some deeper neurological imbalance, tumors, and things like that. But I'm going to bring in a study that was uh, published in 2018 in a journal called Nutrients. And the title of the uh, study, the article, is called The Role of Magnesium in Neurological Disorders. Now, magnesium is one of those trace minerals that almost all of us are deficient in. And in this particular uh, research paper, uh, the scientists looked at uh, how magnesium, if it's in uh, low levels, actually can affect things like um, many of these neuromuscular diseases, whether it could be migraines, epilepsy, Parkinson's, stroke, um, even things like anxiety and depression. So in this particular meta-analysis where they looked at magnesium as this macronutrient in the diet, and, you know, magnesium has a cofactor of over 300 enzymatic reactions. So magnesium regulates our muscle contraction. It's so important in terms of uh, the synthesis of our DNA, our RNA, our proteins, our nervous system. It helps in terms of the optimal nerve transmission and neuromuscular coordination. It also helps against something called exotoxicity, uh, the excitation of the nerves and the muscles, which actually can lead to cell death. So the bottom line would be, in my, in my view, uh, would be after you get checked out with the neurologist is make an appointment and go see either a functional medicine doctor or a naturopathic doctor, get a, get a panel of uh, lab tests done and see what's going on in your biochemistry. Uh, your vitamin D levels could be low. Your magnesium levels could be low. Your insulin levels could be out of whack. Uh, you may be dealing with cortisol from the adrenals, so there's a chronic stress, inflammation, uh, which leads to this kind of, you know, muscular spasm situation. So I would deal with this first on a biochemical level, and there's so many things that a functional medicine doctor could address, uh, everything from chronic inflammation, dietary absorption, toxicities. Uh, I would also... Uh, check in with your dental health. Uh, if you have dental amalgams or root canals, there may be a low-grade chronic infection going on. And then I would look at things like acupuncture. Uh, acupuncture could be really helpful in reducing the spasming. Craniosacral therapy, uh, going to a cranial osteopath, could be wonderful in terms of helping you balance your autonomic nervous system. Uh, so these would be the places that I would start. Uh, I think that there are a lot of resources for you out here in a holistic, complementary world. Uh, but, you know, you could start with a neurologist, see where that goes, and then head to more of the complementary integrative medicine stuff. Well, I hope that's helpful. Thank you so much for the question. All right, this next question is from a listener who's... Uh, 
asking about dry eye. And wow, I tell you, I'm just seeing more and more dry eye problems with people. So uh, the listener is involved with the process of doing Lipaflow, thermal lead treatment, uh, and supplements, eye wash, tea tree oil, and a moist compress, refresh uh, eye drops. And so now she's asking, what, what do I have to offer? Okay, so in dry eye, one of the mistakes I think that we make in addressing the problem of dry eye is we don't look at the systemic and metabolic reasons why our eyes are drying out. And I think this is a critical mistake because we immediately go to the eyes and, you know, eye doctors, generally speaking, work from a reactive mode. You've got a symptom, let's react to the symptom, let's give you all these, you know, techniques that can reduce the symptoms for a while, maybe, but we're not at all talking about things like, well, what's your diet like? Are you eating foods that create more inflammation in your body? Um, are you taking daily probiotics and enzymes? Are you eating foods that actually create an anti-inflammatory response? Are you getting enough of omega-3 fatty acids and monitoring your omega-3, 6, 9, because we know the 6 and the 9 uh, omegas can actually create more chronic inflammation. And for most of us in a general diet, we're getting too much of 6 and not enough of 3, and this is creating that chronic inflammation uh, that is going to affect our eyes profoundly because the eyes have one of the highest metabolic needs of the body. It has one of the highest concentration of blood vessels in our body. And so it's going to feel and experience the chronic inflammation in our body. And the cornea is a very vulnerable sub, uh, uh, anatomical structure that if we don't get enough tear coverage, those tiny nerve endings on the cornea become so painful. And if we're not producing enough tears, then, of course, the, the mucous membranes are drying out, probably not just in the cornea, but throughout the whole body. So some things to check off your list. Thyroid health, adrenal health, uh, dietary absorption, um, chronic inflammation, oxidative stress, trauma, not only oxidative stress, but visual stress. So what's happening in your digital life? Are you wearing the right prescription? Are you using progressive lenses, which I don't recommend? Are you using blue blockers? Uh, you know, digital time is one of the fastest ways to dry your eyes out. It's in epidemic proportions because we're all on digital and not just an hour a day, eight to 10 hours a day. So visual stress is a big piece of it. This is why I recommend my eye exercises that improve our lymph function, our um, immune function in the eyes. I would probably start with the, the tears forte uh, with the eye massage. And, you know, I do something called the eye bath. And if you're having this level of symptoms, using the eye bath where you're actually squirting the drops along the eye, uh, eyelashes, back and forth. You're lying down when you do this. Your eyes are closed at least four to five times back and forth. And then you open your eyes. 
you're going to get an incredible amount of the ingredients of these homeopathic eye drops that target chronic inflammation, uh, the lymph system, um, oxidative stress, uh, overall eye tissue hydration. And doing that uh, along with the eyebright compress, where you're using an, or an herbal uh, formula in the compress with the massage, with the eye massage, and you can do both cool compress and warm compress, so you're back and forth with it. I think this would be um, a better approach. I also think if you're going to go into essential oils, one of my go-to essential oils is actually lavender. And using a few drops of lavender on a cool washcloth, and then the eyes are closed, lavender is antibacterial, it's anti-inflammatory, um, it's, it's a wonderful, I think it's even better than tea tree. Tree, tea tree tends to uh, target antifungal, you know, fungal uh, situations, maybe a little bit on the viral side. Lavender is very relaxing. I kind of call it the uh, essential oil form of ibuprofen. So it can take pain away. It can uh, reduce inflammation. So I would consider that lavender, and I would also do lavender kind of on below my um, the ears in the lymph channels on the neck on either side. I'd also put a few drops of lavender on your head. I think this could be very helpful. Um, so this would be more of my approach. I certainly think doing things like Lipiflow and the lid treatment, IPL, on the short term, they're definitely going to help you. But you must treat dry eye syndrome from a systemic metabolic point of view. Um, and I think that if uh, for women, there's definitely a correlation between estrogen levels that are out of balance and dry eye syndrome. So having that marked, having that checked is very important. So it's a combo, systemic, metabolic, uh, natural homeopathic eye drops with eye massage and eye bath, the eye exercises, uh, and then uh, you know, having your, your endocrine system really checked to make sure that you know, cortisol, <clears throat> thyroid, and estrogen levels, uh, if you're a woman, uh, are uh, an issue. So best of luck to you. Thank you so much for the question. All right, my next listener is asking a question about therapeutic lenses. Uh, this is from a listener, Yasmeen. Hi, Yasmeen. Uh, thanks for, for joining us today. Um, you uh, are doing my supplements. You, you view me and my information. You're grateful that I'm putting it out there. Well, thank you. I really take that in. Uh, it's certainly my mission to help people with their eyes and vision. So you referred to a specific video that I did on double vision and therapeutic prisms. You're 66 years old. You've had high, my high myopia all your life and recently double vision. The doctors have cleared me of any neurological issues. Good job for doing that. You have esophoria and, and surgery was recommended. However, you're not keen on surgery. What do you think? Okay, Yashin. So number one, your high myopia is driving the bus here. Myopia is a condition that affects our eye stress profoundly. The problem with it is that a lot of it is unconscious. And over the years, with the amount of eye muscular stress that we carry from myopia, 
The first thing that I would address with you is to have you start wearing a 2040 prescription, a reduced prescription indoors in non-demanding distance situations, because I believe that the strong lens that you get for the 2020, especially in myopia, is going to start to induce your double vision. And when you start backing off that prescription and you start softening your eyes, you have more peripheral vision to access in both eyes, and there's going to be more of an integration or a, a co collaboration or cooperation between the two sides of the periphery. And that in itself could address the double vision. I think the prescription you're wearing uh, full time is too strong for you. And I think you need to start backing it off. And if you can negotiate with your eye doctor or find an eye doctor that can, you know, you can say, look, can you prescribe, maybe say it this way, prescribe a lens that I need for the computer or prescribe a lens I need for reading. Single vision, that would probably be the 2040 lens that you need. And I'd start wearing it. And I would notice how my eyes feel, how my body feels. You're going to definitely feel more relaxed. It's also going to reduce the esophoria. So esophoria means the eyes are starting to cross and they're crossing at the midline. This is a muscling from the brain. The brain is telling the eyes, muscle it, cross. And whenever you do any eye muscle surgery, it never works. The, the research on it is disastrous. Anywhere between the success rate, 30% to maybe 60%, but they end up having to do multiple surgeries. The reason why the eye surgery doesn't work is because you're changing the eye muscle, but you're not changing the source of what directs the eye muscle, and that's the brain. That's why the surgery doesn't hold. Vision therapy, the physical eye therapy exercises, and the reduced prescription would move you out of that crossed eye situation, and it's organic. So you would have regulation. You would self-regulate your eye muscle coordination through the exercises, through the reduced lens prescription, and then the esophoria would go away. So I do not recommend eye muscle surgery. I think it's, it's one of those surgeries that just doesn't work. It doesn't hold. And once you have the eye muscle surgery, the rest of your life, what I find is that people are constantly second-guessing themselves. And, you know, our eyes affect our behavior. And our perceptions affect how we relate. So by having that surgery, it's a major overlay that is going to confuse you more. So I would actually do my, the myopia, the nearsighted 90-day eye clarity program. I'd get the reduced prescription. I would do some things with the eye patch. This is another way for you to begin to move off of the double vision. And the eye dialogue is good, the plus lens to blur. Uh, these exercises would be wonderful for you. Now, the therapeutic lenses that I talk about, the prisms, they're called yoked prisms, Y-O-K-E-D. Very few eye doctors use them. Uh, they are prisms where there's small power, a small power of prism in each eye. They're equal. And the purpose of these prisms is to create more spatial awareness, peripheral vision, they're not forcing your eye into one position or another. They're actually uh, opening up your peripheral. Now, the, the challenge point is, how do you find somebody that does yoke prisms? I can't help you there because I don't really know who's out there that would even know about it. 
I don't think it's something you need to, to do right now. I think that doing the reduced prescription would actually, in the eye patch work, I think would be the most effective way to go. Um, but the therapeutic prisms can be effective in certain double vision situations because it enhances your peripheral vision. And that's the name of the game. The more peripheral you have, the less double vision you're going to have. So I appreciate the question. Best of luck to you. My last question today is from Jackie, and she's from Illinois. And she's asking a question about uh, having some pressure building up in her eyes due to a heredity-based uh, uh, condition of small blood vessels, uh, I guess in the retina. So she's also been diagnosed with cataracts, and she's very concerned about this uh, pressure buildup, and the eye doctor wants to do a pinhole technique to relieve the pressure, and her brother had it, and it was successful. But she's also concerned about uh, the cataract surgery and how that'll affect her. She's already had radiokeratotomy, which is a form of LASIK surgery. It's the old form of radiokeratotomy is the old form of LASIK surgery today. So she was, I would say, moderate to had a high amount of myopia at some point. So she's got a lot going on. And she lives in Illinois, and she's, what, what can I do? All right, so first a little background. Um, whenever we do LASIK surgery or radiokeratotomy, we're changing the prescription in the eyeball, but we're not changing the prescription in the brain, in the body, that influenced or caused the eye prescription. And so when we get the, the refractive surgery, it creates a mismatch because the eye is, is not nearsighted anymore but the brain and the body are still nearsighted. So it creates a conflict. And a lot of times, the brain and the body myopia actually over, overturns or causes the eyes to revert back to the uh, myopia again. This is a common theme that I see all the time. So you've got that going on in your operating system in the background. And it, it creates a confusion and stress in your eyeballs because the brain is still sending the signals of this very intense tunneling way of seeing, and yet the eyes are saying, well, wait a minute, I don't have that kind of prescription anymore. Are you telling me to go back to that prescription? And the brain says, yes, I am. So you've got that going on. So when you've got that, it can affect the circulation in your eyes. Myopia is about a contraction, a tunneling, a tightening, a compressing in the eye. That's, that's what myopia is about. And so one of the things that you have to navigate here in this eye pressure situation and the genetic predisposition is to think about the following. You know, there's a whole field of genetics called epigenetics right now, and it's really, it's been taking off for the last eight to 10 years. I would recommend looking up Dr. Bruce Lipton on YouTube. And Dr. Lipton was a cell biologist, and he talked about the importance of how our environment can change the gene expression. So even though we have a certain set of genes, that if we, say, change our lifestyle, our diet, reduce our stress, do mind-body relaxation exercises, 
do eye exercises, uh, that the environmental influences change how the, gene ex the genes express. So we don't have to live out our genetic destiny. That being said, you're at a you're at a point right now where you're being monitored by an eye doctor and there's an eye pressure, some kind of an eye pressure issue. It may or may not be due to these blood vessels. We don't know for sure. It could actually be due to something else. It could be due to the fact that you're not producing enough fluid in the eye or there's other impediments in the fluid flow. Um, the key is what is the health of your optic nerve and are you... Uh, are you getting tests to measure your visual fields? Is there a deterioration in your vision uh, from this particular pressure situation? If there is not, uh, then you could maybe start some complementary treatments, maybe things like acupuncture, craniosacral therapy. These would be ways that you can improve the eye lymph, the body lymph, the circulation. Um, so I would consider these things, maybe going to a functional medicine doctor and uh, looking into your chronic inflammation, what your intestinal health is like, your toxicity level. Again, this whole pressure situation may be related to heavy metal toxicity or poor dental care or head trauma. You know, we don't know. Or pharmaceutical drugs that you may have taken over the years, steroids, antibiotics. Uh, many of these pharmaceutical drugs can have an influence on our eye pressure. So you need to check that out, like how imminent is it is for you to get this procedure. You've already had the radio K. The more eye procedures you have, the more vulnerable your eyes become. So you need to be really careful about going into eye procedures. I know this is what's pushed in allopathic care, and sometimes you need it, sometimes you don't. I think you need to uh, weigh if there's any eye damage, can you put it off for a few months and do some of these more natural complementary treatments and see if you can bring the pressure down? Um, another thing about the cataracts is that you certainly could start in on the cineraria eye drops, the glutathione sublingual, boost your antioxidants. Uh, these would be things that you could do to see if you could create maybe... Um, a reduction in the cataract, depending on how, um, you know, how far along it is. The rule of thumb of getting cataract surgery is that it begins to affect your daily routine in your eyesight. If, it's less, if your eyesight is less than 2040, that's when there's a consideration of getting cataracts. But if they're early stages, I would definitely do these more natural complementary uh, therapies and check in in a couple months. So you've got some things here that you can do, and uh, keep in touch with me and let me know how it goes. Wow, time flies, and our show is done for today. Uh, I want to thank you so, so much for all of your questions, and uh, keep following me on Facebook and Instagram, um, and uh, I hope you have a wonderful week, and take good care. You're listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademarked signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs.
The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Burns' information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.